Welcome back to Sister Alicast T, where we talk about all things church related. And today we are continuing our uh, study or our synopsis or synopsis or our summary on the book of James. We are gleaning and we are gleaning. Good. Listen, the word of God is tasty. The word of God is good. It brings joy to the soul, to the inward parts. My God from Zion, God tells us that he wants us to have truth in the inward parts, in our innards. He wants us to have truth on the inside. And listen, there is nothing more truthful than the word of God. And we are continuing the book, uh, the chapter, I should say, of uh, the first chapter. Listen, it is so good that we are still on the first chapter. But we are going to wrap this thing up on this episode. My God from Zion, three episodes for one chapter. And listen, the chapter is not that long. My God from Zion, we are hearing from the Lord and we are gleaning and we are eating and we got our plates out. We are dining on the word of God. So we are going to continue and finish the first chapter of the book of James. Now remember we learned that James uh, was the overseer of the church at Jerusalem. Yes and he was also the brother of Jesus Christ and James is not cutting no corners. He is not taking any prisoners he is slicing and he is dicing he is cutting us left and right either we're gonna uh hear or we're gonna forbear we either gonna add it to our arsenal and put it and use it um in our lives or we are gonna run in the other direction james is not cutting no corners james is telling it like it i is is my God from Zion in our next uh, mini topic in the book of James in chapter one is the source of our temptation. What is the source of our temptation? James gives a sharp rebuke to those who find it easy, uh, find an easy excuse for their sinning. What? James is giving a sharp rebuke to those that find an easy excuse for their sinning to free themselves from responsibility. They say, I am tempted by God or from God. Listen, James makes it abundantly clear that God cannot be tempted. There is nothing in God to which evil can make an appeal. He is literally untestable. Yes, you can't tempt God. And, and, and God, uh, uh, James jumped right on that. He jumped on it with two feet, if you will. He says, uh, 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 you know, they, I, they're saying I'm tempted of God. No, it is very clear that God cannot be tempted. God, <laughs> evil can't even appeal to God. Come on, somebody. Furthermore, God tempts no man. However, however, 
he definitely will test you. God does not tempt us, but he will test you. He will allow, yes, he will allow something to come upon you that will test you, will test what you have on the inside. You say that you have this. You say you have faith. You say you have patience. You say you have temperance. Oh my God, from Zion, God is going to put you in a situation where you're going to have to show forth temperance. Yes, you say you have long suffering. He's going to put you in a situation where you're going to have to show that you have long suffering. Yes, he don't tempt you, but he will definitely test you to see what you say out of your mouth. Is exactly what you have on the inside of you. Even though he already knows. But he also, as we've already learned, he also wants to mature us. We have to mature. Yes. Come on, somebody. And the source of temptation is within a person. Listen, God don't tempt you. The source of your temptation is on the inside of you. Listen, we already talked about this. First of all, the devil comes with, or his cohorts, or his representatives, however you want to put it. It may not be Satan himself, but he's going to send somebody to tempt you. And he's going to, what, place a seed? He's going to, excuse me, attempt to plant a seed. He's going to tell you some sweet nothings in your ears, or he's going to, you know, deceitfully tell you, this is this and that is that. But the source of that temptation, because that cannot get into us unless we allow it. The source of that temptation is within us. Remember those open doors that we talked about in the whole Armor of God series? There is a door open. There is a window open. There's a crack. There's a crevice. Something is open that allows the enemy to come in. That allows his deceitfulness to take root and grow. He plants a seed of deceitfulness. He throws it in that crack that you have in your uh, feast of chariot. <laughs> He throws it in the window that you have wide open. And I'm using you figuratively. I'm talking to all of us, you and me and everybody else. The devil will uh, come in that open door if we alive. We don't close it. So the source of our temptation is within the person, is within us. And remember the open doors that we talked about. Now it is his own evil, his meaning our, his own evil desire, his own lust, his own inner cravings that the devil uh, um, comes up against. He sees that. In some form or fashion, we have allowed him, meaning the open door, we have allowed him to see our evil desires and lusts and inner cravings. And guess what? Then we are tempted. Then the devil steps in and says, oh, okay. You have a desire for this. Let me come in and plant a seed. Let me come and whisper something in your ears. 
and see if that seed will take root and grow. Or is that person going to cast it down? Remember, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. We pull down strongholds. We cast down imaginations. That thing that's in our mind, our thoughts, we cast it down. We cast down every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Everything that the devil tells us, we cast it down. We bring into captivity the very thoughts that we have unto what unto the obedience of jesus christ unto the obedience of christ so if it if it's not of god or if it's not uh, of christ we're gonna cast that thing down we're gonna render it harmless we're gonna veto it we're gonna nullify we're going to cancel it reject it disannul and renounce it yes we are because we know it's not of god see this that that's why the the source of our temptation is within us and that's why we have to do these things because when the devil sees that open door sees um what uh, catches our attention in other words or or you know are in our mind what we are dwelling on when we dwell on things yeah we dwelling we're not casting it down we're dwelling on it he sees that and he said okay you know because remember he's walking to and fro up and down in the earth and he's looking for somebody he's looking for somebody to jump on and listen if we got the window open if it got it cracked if we got the door open if we got cracks lord have mercy in our house and anything any way any desire any way that he can get in he is gonna push his way in so we just want to be clear. God does not tempt us. The source of our temptation, the source of our temptation is not even the devil in his wicked ways. The source of our temptation is on the inside of us. The devil just sees it and comes and, uh, you know, plants a seed there or you know, whisper a little something and say, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. So it's already on the inside of us. Listen, we are made from the dust of the earth. We are human. We are wrapped up in humanity. We are flesh. We have that Adam seed on the inside of us. We are not perfect. We are not heavenly beings. We are not spiritual beings. We are upon this earth. And the devil will tempt us in any way. So... To be clear, the source of our temptation, uh, James is letting us know, the source of our temptation is on the inside of us. It is not God. God cannot be tempted. My God from Zion. Then, after man is tempted, yeah, after the devil has came inside of that open door and, you know, worked his work. The Bible says then he is dragged, he is pulled, he is forcefully pulled away and enticed. 
that person, that man, that woman, we, once we have that door open and the enemy comes in, we are dragged away and enticed. That means he, the devil is just uh, uh, attracting. We are attracted by offering hope of reward and pleasure. So he's he's deceiving us. He's telling us, oh, you know, you hope in this and I'll, I'll give you this and I'll give you just like he did Jesus. Just like he did Jesus. Showed him the city and say, I'll give you all this if you worship me. What did Jesus say? Jesus used the word of God upon him. Yes, he did. The Bible said the source of our temptation is within us. Then we are dragged. We are pulled with force away. And then we are enticed. We are attracted by offering hope or reward of a reward or pleasure. Hmm. In this day and time that we are living in, it's all about pleasure. Don't want nothing hard. Don't want to do nothing that's hard, that's rewarding, that's a hardship. It's all about pleasure. It's all about uh, uh, pleasing to the eyes and the ears and in the mouth and the body, pleasure, sensual things. That's the time that we're living in. And James is saying he's dragged away and enticed. James gives us a biological breakdown of this. He said that evil desire that we have on the inside of us, remember, within a man, when it is, when it conceives, And from that conception, sin is born. So our evil desire, when it gets in contact with the offering of hope of a reward and the pleasures that Satan has told us that we will receive, when that evil desire comes into agreement, my God, I'm going to show God, hallelujah. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep myself. Glory be to the Lamb of God. When it, it comes into contact and it accepts it, just like an egg accepts the sperm. When that thing comes into contact, that evil desire comes into contact with that offering of hope and that reward of pleasure. Come on, somebody. It says, James began to tell us that it conceives. And what does it conceive when it comes together? That conception is sin. Sin is born. Then that man is living in sin, a sinful nature, living outside of the uh, uh, boundaries, if you will, of God. And what else did Paul, uh, James, I want to say Paul, but what else did James tell us? Then James said, sin, when it matures, when it grows up, when it uh, gets bigger and bigger, you know, when we're little, we're small, we're short, but as we mature, as we grow, we get taller and taller and taller. We get bigger and bigger and bigger. We know more and more and more. The Bible says when that sin matures, 
my God from Zion and produces its own offspring. When that sin matures and it conceives, what does it conceive? It conceives death. The end thereof is death. We can use for example uh, an individual that abuses drugs. If that individual continues on that spiral or that downturn, uh, it is sin in the eyes of God. And that sin is going to produce death. That individual can likely die from drug abuse. And that's just an example that I'm using. So we can get the picture of what James is saying. He, he's giving us this biological breakdown. I'm going to read it for you one more time. That evil desire that we have on the inside of us, when it concedes, when it comes into contact, when it agrees, come into agreement, agreement with the, the, the deception and the seeds and the, the lies of the devil. When we come into agreement with the lies brought forth from the kingdom of darkness, then from that conception is born sin. We start to sin. We come out of agreement with God and we get into agreement with the devil. And then that sin, that agreement, that thing that was born, when it matures, when it grows and we learn and we grow and we do this and we do that, and all of it is sinful. And we're doing all kind of abominations against God, all kinds of things to God. And I'm just going to give you some simple examples, just simple examples. When we don't forgive, when we walk around and bitterness and we have pride and ego arrogance yeah yeah self-will when we live in doubt and unbelief and fear when that thing begins to grow and it begins to manifest what does it bring forth when its offspring comes forth what is the offspring of that unforgiveness is death what is that offspring of pride is death. What is that offspring of unbelief and doubt? Fear, death. What is the offspring of that drug abuse? If God don't in intercede, death. That's another way that the enemy or Satan uh, takes control of God's people. Remember, everybody is God's person or God's people. In my eyesight, anyway. I don't care how bad you are. You belong to God. Why? Because God made you. The devil just deceived you. Sin then matures and produces its own offspring, and that offspring is death. My Gotham Zion, death. In whatever aspect you want to uh, look at it as, you can look at it as a spiritual death, 
And you can look at it as a natural death. But it is death. Regardless. Nonetheless, it is death. Now, just like a right response to trials can result in growth and full spiritual maturity, a wrong response to lust will result in a decline in spirituality and ultimately death. Now, let's take a note of that. Let's take a note of that. We can respond to our trials that will bring forth growth to us spiritually. We will mature spiritually. Or we can have the wrong response and we can uh, uh, adhere to lust and evil, our evil desires. Those open doors, we will open those doors. And what will result? A decline in our spirituality, first of all. And ultimately, it will lead to our death, our spiritual death and possibly our, our, our physical death. So let's be mindful of how we respond to our trials. My Jesus, we are learning some things here in the book of James. We are learning and we are learning good. Yes, we are. Now, in contrast to the scene of death that comes from this biological list, is a bright scene of new life that comes from the word of truth. Yes. The father of darkness, which is Satan, my God from Zion, generates the offspring of sin and death. But the father of heavenly lights, the father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning is, is what the King James Version says. The father of heavenly lights gives salvation and life and is unchanging. He never changes. Listen, we may change, but God never changes. Every good act of giving and every perfect gift is from above. Listen, James is telling us like it is, is everything comes from above. That is good. Comes from above. Thus, the solution for temptation, he's given us a solution, just like he gave us a solution for the joy in our trials. James is coming back and giving us a solution for our temptations here. Thus, the solution for temptation is found in a close relationship with the father and a constant response to his word. So we got to have a relationship with God. We can't walk around here and think that the devil is not going to tempt us or not going to come on our turf if we don't have a relationship with God. I can I can uh, uh, attest to that in my own life. If you're not uh, praying and reading your word and 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 uh, having a relationship basically with God, anything that is required in a relationship. Uh, to make a good relationship or to have a good relationship, to have a successful relationship, to have an effective relationship. If we are not doing those things when it comes to God the Father, temptation will take us over. That's why James is telling us the solution. My God from Zion, the solution for temptation is found in our close relationship with the Father and our constant response to what? To the Word of God. 
to what he tells us in his holy scripture. He tells us, he gives us that wisdom to cope with our trials. He gives us the wisdom to cope with our temptations or how to come out of our temptations. Just like uh, we quoted uh, um, a minute or so ago, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We cast down imaginations. That's the word of God. The word of God is telling us how to deal with our temptations. So it is found in a relationship with God. Because God can just download it from heaven himself. Tell us point blank, listen, this is this and that is that. He can tell us with his own voice. Or he can send angels. Or he can allow the Holy Spirit to tell us. Is not always in the word. It's, God does not always use the word. He can tell us himself. That's why we have to have a close relationship. So we can hear what the spirit is speaking to us. Yes and amen to that. Thank you Lord. I just turned up the glass and cheered. My God from Zion. And now we're going to talk about the conduct of true religion. And we're going to get to the end of chapter 1. My God from Zion. What is truly true religion? Let everyone be quick to listen. It's how he starts it out. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. Now listen, let me tell you, the Lord is speaking to me right here. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because listen, sometimes I will fly off at the mouth and not think about, and not even think about it. And I will, yeah, I'm one of those in certain aspects, I put it like that. <laughs> How they say, I will read your letter and think nothing about it. I am at the age, listen to me. I am at the age where I will read your letter and think nothing about it. Tur walk away and don't even turn back to look and see how you feeling. I'm at that age. They talk about it. Yeah, I'm at that age, but I know it's not right. And James is telling me, Allison, let everyone be quick to listen. Listen, Allison. Just listen. Just sit there and listen. Hear out the conversation. Listen. Be slow to speak. Keep your mouth shut. We're going to learn about that in uh, verse two, uh, chapter 2. I can't wait to get there. Keep your mouth shut, listen, and be slow to anger. Now, anger may not apply to me all the time, but yes, it does apply to me. We already talked about that. What applies and what don't apply. No, no, I'm going to put that in my arsenal and I'm going to use it when it does apply to me. It does apply to me. Not all the time, but it does apply to me. So my God from Zion, I am going to take that. It says, 
quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry in an argument. The one who is listening is the one who is slow to anger. My God from Zion. If you're sitting there listening and you're hearing out the matter, you, you're going to be slow to anger. You may not get as angry as the one who's not listening. All the one, the one who gets angry, all they're doing is hearing a word here and a word there and, and, and hearing what the enemy is telling them in their own minds. So they are getting angry because the person, what the person is saying may not be what you are hearing. Hear me, people. Listen. What that individual is saying or what the words that are coming out of that individual's mouth may not be what you are hearing. Why? Because as my pastor said, there is a devil loose. There's a devil loose and he will misconstrue, misconstrue. He will have you listening, but not hearing the truth. He will have you listening and not hearing what the individual is saying to you. Why? Because he is, he has a trumpet in your ears. Talking. Just talking. Just talking. And you can't even hear what the other individual is talking about. All you can hear is what the devil is saying. That's why James, oh my God, I'm saying this word is so good to me. James is saying the one who listens is the one who is slow to anger. If you're not listening, honey, you will be quick to fly off the handle and be ready to go at it. Why? Because we're not hearing exactly what is being said. We're hearing what, what the devil wants us to hear and not what the individual is telling us a anger fails to yield the righteousness life or the righteous life that God desires for us. Listen, anger is not a part of the life that God's that God desires for us. Anger does not reside in the life that God has for us. Hear me. God does not desire that for us. Therefore, it is essential to remove all moral filth and all the abundance of evil and humbly receive the implanted word of God. This is what James is telling us. That engrafted word, that word that was implanted on the inside of us, we have to humbly receive it and we have to get rid of all of that moral filth. All those evil desires and lusts and things of that nature. We got to get rid of that. That will produce sin. That will give way to sin. That will produce ultimately death. So humbly, we have to humbly receive the implanted word of God. The word is to be rooted in a fertile soil in our soul. Which in turn saves the soul. <laughs> it must be a part of our very nature. Listen, the word of God has to be a part of your nature. When you get up in the morning, the word of God has to be present. When you go throughout your day, the word of God has to be there. When you're doing your uh, 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 natural things in life, everyday things in life, the word of God. When you go to the grocery store, honey, the word of God got to be there. Listen. Listen, let me tell you, uh, people are dying in the grocery store. 
So the word of God has to be there with you. Pleading the blood, the blood of Jesus from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. If that bullet come my way, it's going to hit the blood of Jesus and ricochet off me. And they're going to wonder, well, how did that happen? Well, because I got the blood of Jesus covering me. And I'm walking in the word of God. Things of that, that kind of mindset. Yes, we are human made from the dust of the earth but let me tell you i believe in angels i believe in angels i believe angels can stop that car accident that's about that i'm about to have uh-huh i believe that when that tree is about to fall on the house or on the vehicle I match the gas just in time and the tree falls right behind me or right in front of me in that very second. I believe it. So yeah, the word of God has to be rooted in a fertile ground in our souls. We have to get it down in our inward parts. Just like we talked about earlier, we, I, we have to swallow hope when we're in the midst of our trials and our tribulations, in the midst of our situations, in the midst of our calamities. We have to swallow hope, the hope of God. We have to swallow faith. We have to know just like the Bible said, that grain of a mustard seed that is so very tiny. If I believe just that much, God is going to bring me out of this thing. Why? Because he said it. That's the word. And I got to plant it inside of my soul. Why? Because then it's going to save my soul. It has to be a part of our very nature. That's why it's very important for us to learn the Bible, learn the scriptures. So it's inside of us, you know, uh, when anything that when the devil speaks to our mind, we can quote a scripture. We can rattle off a scripture and kick him to the curb. That's old saying. We can kick him out just like that. And he has to flee. What the Bible said here in the book of James. It says you submit to God. You resist the devil. And he will flee from you. You got to resist him. You got to close those doors. When I say you, I am saying in a general sense. That means you and that means me. That means everybody. We have to close the doors. Resist him. Don't give him a reason. Yeah, it's easily said and sometimes hard to be done, but it can be done. Why? Because we have so great a cloud of witnesses. If they did it, we can do it too. Why? Because God has no respect of person. We learned that in the book of Timothy. Yes, we did. Come on, somebody. We got to use what we have learned in these summaries and these synapses, synopsis. We have to use what we have learned. Use the word of God because it has to be a part of our very nature. It is not sufficient for us just to receive the word. We must respond to it in active obedience.
obedience. We have to be obedient and that obedience has to be active. Listen what James is telling us. The command is clear. Do not merely listen to the word. Do what it says. Just that simple. James is not taking no prisoners. He is not cutting no corners. If you believe in the word, if you hear the word, if you listen to the word, do what it says. Don't be just a hearer and not a doer. We must become a doer of the word and not just a hearer or else we deceive our own selves. So if I hear the word, if I hear what I learned in Timothy, if I hear what I'm learning here in the book of James, is if I hear what I've learned in Ephesians, if I hear these things, what I learned in the four gospels, if I hear these things and I don't take them into my uh, soul, if, if, if it doesn't be planted in my soul, if I don't mature or grow from uh, this word of God, then I'm deceiving myself. That's what James said. We're deceiving our own selves. We're walking around here. Glory be to the Lamb of God. And God is great. And God is good. And I look unto the hills from which coming my help. My help coming from the Lord. He neither slumbers nor sleep. And then we're around here crying and hollering and yelling. Because God has not did what he said he was going to do. We're deceiving ourselves. Come on, somebody. Don't let me be out here by myself. Don't leave me hanging. If I'm doing all that, I'm quoting the scripture. Great is he that's inside of me and he in the world. And I'm letting the devil beat me all across my head. I'm deceiving myself. Come on, somebody. If I'm quoting the scripture, ask and it shall be given, seek and ye shall find, knock and the door shall be open. And I don't believe that God can do it or God is going to do it for me because that's how we do it. That's how we roll. We don't believe. We can believe day and night for somebody else, but we can't believe for our own selves. So I say that's why I say that's how we roll. We quote the scripture, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find knocking the door shall be open and we don't even believe God can do it for us we deceiving ourselves come on somebody don't leave me hanging don't leave me out here by myself I know I can get a witness to that the deception comes from thinking that we have done all that is necessary when listening is only the beginning when we hear and we listen to the word, that's just the beginning. And let me tell you, I've been there and done that. I done, I done been in that state of mind. Go to church, listen to the word of God. Oh, yes, what a wonderful word. It was great. It was good. And leave the church and that's it. Been there, done that. Didn't apply the word. Didn't even think about applying the word. 
just continue to live the way that I was living or continuing to think the way I was thinking, continuing to have the same mindset when the word of God has came and told me you need to think like this or you need to do this or you need to ask God as we're learning here in the book of James, you need to ask God for wisdom on how to cope with your trials. I've been there and I've done that. James is telling us the deception comes from thinking that we've done everything that was necessary when we listen. And listening is only the beginning. The one who listens and does nothing is like a man who glances at himself in a mirror and then forgets what he saw. So basically, we go to the mirror, we look at ourselves, we see all our, our flaws and whatever and the beauty that God has given us because God gives us he, he made us how he wanted us to be made regardless we're all beautiful in his eyesight so we go to the mirror we look at ourselves we see ourselves and we see what you know what we look like but then we turn and we walk away and we don't forgot what we look like who does that who goes to a mirror Walk away and don't remember what they look like. Who does that? Come on, somebody. Go with me. Who is doing that? Oh, I don't forgot what I look like. I got to go back to the mirror a second time. No. But that's what James is telling us here in the book of James. A one who listens and don't do anything. Or does nothing. He is like this person that we're like, who does that? But somebody does it because it is in the Bible. It's in the scripture. Someone has done this. And James is liking a person who listens and does nothing to this man. This man glanced in the mirror. He walked away and he forgot what he looked like. Come on now, we, and we're thinking, at least I'm thinking, <laughs> who in the world going to look in a mirror, walk away, and don't know what they look like? Come on, somebody. But somebody has, because it's here in the scriptures. To look into the mirror of the word of God involves an obligation. We must look intently into the perfect law that gives us freedom. An intent and a sustained look with a ready response. It is, is the key to spiritual strength and continued maturity. We want to continue to mature. We will be blessed in our deeds. So the things that we do, we will be blessed. Thus, those of us who are truly religious will demonstrate this by controlling our speech. Yeah, we thought James was done with that. No, he's not done with that. All that goes with um, being slow to speak, swift to hear, and slow to anger. All of that, what we just talked about, that goes with it. He comes back and he said, now, if you are truly religious, are you a true woman or man of God? You would demonstrate this. You would demonstrate what we just talked about by controlling your speech, by, by closing your mouth, in other words. 
Yeah. To be frank, closing your mouth. You were demonstrated by this. My God from Zion, Lord, help me out. Help us, sister, out, dear Jesus. Help me, Lord. The outward realist, ritualistic practices, in other words, uh, we want to be rich. We go to church, you know, we sing praises. Uh, we sit down, we read the Bible, we hear the word, we come back home and um, we do what we want to do. Then we go back to church and um, yeah, the ritualistic practices, which a person may think are worthy. They may think it's, we may think it's worthy. Listen. I've already been there and done that. I told you about how, how my my testimony. Thought I was worthy. But what what does James tell us? We are considered to be worthless. Worthless. Those ritualistic practices are worthless in the eyesight of God. It's worthless. The Bible calls it vain sacrifices. You bring in vain things to the altar. To God. And expect him to count you worthy. It is worthless. James is telling us. If there is no control over the tongue. The person deceives himself. There's that deception again. He misleads or seduces his own heart. My God from Zion. Thus a clean, listen at what James is telling us, a clean and undefiled religion. I want you to hear this clearly. Hear it clearly. This is the end of chapter one. A clean and undefiled religion is where a person's character and conduct are disciplined in, in accordance with the word of God. For pure and undefined religion to be on the inside of us is what God stresses that we must look after the orphans and the widows in their affliction. Those that have no parents, we have to look after them. We, the church, we, those that Consider ourselves religious. God stresses for it to be pure and undefiled. God stresses that we look after the orphans and the widows in their affliction. And keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. That means the things and the ways of the, of the world. And we can look in John 17 and 16, which tells us that we are not of this world. My God from Zion, what a word from the Lord. What a word from the Lord. Listen, we did not sit here as adults and drink milk on today. We had some meat. We need some teeth in our mouth in order to chew it up, to swallow it so it can go down into our souls and take root on the inside of us. Listen, we are not of this world. We are just travelers. We are going through this land. We, our home is in heaven. I cannot stress that enough. We are not of this world. We are traveling through this world. Heaven is our home. 
Once again, I want to thank you for listening to Sister Alicat's Tea, where we talk about all things church-related. And listen, on our next episode, we will start in Chapter 2. Listen, there's some good things in Chapter 2. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be gleaning just like I did on Chapter 1. Let me tell you, Chapter 1 was good for my soul. I ate good. I'm telling you, I had my plate before me. I had a fork and a spoon. I was eating it up. It was strength to me. It was meat to me. It was uh, knowledge to me. It was all things God. The, the, the goodness of God. The glory of God came forth and visited in the scriptures here in the book of James in chapter 1. And we are praying that God enlighten us and do the same thing as we continue to read the scriptures of God to continue to break down the scripture continue to give just a brief summary if you will of the word of God but we want him to bless us just as he has blessed us with chapter one we want him to continue to bless us and again I thank you for listening to Sister Ali Cat's tea where we talk about all things church related I love you with the love of Christ and I will talk to you soon guaranteed I will talk to you soon unless Jesus come then hey I can't help you because I'm going to be with Jesus. <laughs> okay. I love you guys. Goodbye.